And uh, this moment in time, I guess I'll turn it over to the preacher. Just so happens to be me, I guess, today, so I'll put my stuff down. Get the right mic on. Put this one away. Turn this one on. And it works, I hope. Did it work? Yeah. You can hear me through that? Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like it. Now i got to find my notes, which might be a good thing. I could teach from the songs, I guess, but uh, those won't do me much good. Anyways, I've... Uh, this has been too low for me all day. I just can't stop the whole song and raise it up. <laughs> Wouldn't work so well doing it that way. So, um, you know, some days I would give anything to have somebody else have to get to do this, you know, and be able to sit there. Uh, I give anything to, like, on that one song, hit the right chord at the end of it, because I didn't. Uh, I'd give anything to have my fingers not hurt, like they do right now, because I have to push the st- strings so much, you know. I'd give anything for a lot of things. I'd give anything for, I don't know, be six inches taller and 100 pounds heavier and playing in the National Football League, too, I guess. I'd give anything to have this roof be retractable so we could have, you know, a stadium in here. It'd be pretty sweet. Uh, I'd give anything to have, you know, a rich uncle that died that paid off my house for me. I'd give anything for a lot of stuff. Would you guys agree? Would we give anything for a lot of things? I'd give anything for something right now. I'd give anything. Have you guys ever said that to yourself before? Yeah. Yeah, I've probably said it many times. I'd give anything to not have to drive on Highway 34 anymore. (laughs) Isn't it a joke? I mean, it's like you can't get anywhere. And if you have to go somewhere, you might as well just plan on leaving a half hour ahead. It's bad, bad, bad. I'd give anything to be back in your arms, oh baby. I'd give anything to be loved by you. Oh, stop being sappy. I'd give anything for a piece of KFC chicken. That's more like it. That's my, that's what, that's, you know, that's my kind of thinking at this particular point in the day. I'd give anything for, you know, a Coke. I'd give anything to be at the beach right now. You guys ever felt that? No? No, yeah, I guess not. All right. I'd give anything for a good home-cooked meal after I get done with my KFC chicken. Right? It's not sitting so well. I'd give anything for a QB that can actually run and not just fall down when a defender's running at him. Wouldn't that be nice? You guys know what I'm talking about? Are you guys, like, awake today? Yeah. Maybe you don't watch football. Maybe you don't care, but I do. It's like, man, I hate when Peyton Manning just falls down. Dude, move. Move. Or get hurt so somebody can get in the can move. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'd rather have a quarterback that throws an interception once in a while, but at least can get out of the pocket. Holy smokes, that guy can't. Well, Peyton, I love you, dude. You're a good quarterback. Got it. Just in case he ever hears this. I don't know. I just, I guess the, the term of everything, uh, you know, I'd give anything for, you know, anything ever to get something. Just, just touches me at, at, at certain times in my life. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Have you ever dreamed of being able to do exactly what you want with something? Kind of in the same terms, you know, I'd, I'd give anything to be able to do this. How would you ever, have you ever, you know, dreamed of just being able to do anything you want with something? Have you ever noticed those air people they put out for an advertisement, like the air draft goes up through their tube and it's like, bleh, bleh, 
scares the little kids, you know, those little things. That's what I'm talking about. What causes that to happen? Well, this air current thing, right? It goes up through it and it makes it do all these funky, no you know, funky noises and waves at people and things like that. What causes that? It's because there's an air current. There's something that causes that to happen. Have you ever dreamed of being able to cause something to happen like that? You just say it and it happens. Like, you know, I could say, you know, for my fantasy football team, I, I'd really like to cause something to happen to make it win every time. Or, you know, something like that. Or make somebody else lose. Make somebody else's quarterback get hurt. It'd be really nice. Um, if you could just turn your steering wheel wherever you wanted to go and it would just keep going. It would drive right over whatever it is. Up a wall, over the top, down, over, <laughs> around, through, across the lake. It'd be nice to be able to do that. If I could control anything that I wanted to. It'd be really nice to do it that way, wouldn't it? Um, computers or phones. Wouldn't it be able to nice to like, when you text somebody, you text the right person, always. And you don't text the wrong person, you know? Have you ever done that? And you can't take it back, like where's the unsend button? When you're busy trying to explain, okay, sorry man. I was trying to say this to this person, then you have to tell them your whole story, right? That, that would be good if you could explain, or you know, be, do exactly what you want with those things. Um, our brain. It'd be nice if you, know, you had the answer to everything when needed. We're lost. Which way do you go? You go that way. What's 38 times 67? It's, I don't know. I don't have the ability to do that. Right? Wouldn't it be nice to have that though? Just the ability to just say, bam, I got this. I'm on it. The ability to have your husband or wife do whatever. Wouldn't that be nice? My husband's going to do the laundry today, make the bed, and he's going to like it. And then he's going to make the meal, and he's going to clean it, and he's going to like it. And then he's going to go get a real job that makes me a lot of money, and he's going to like it. And then he's going to take care of my kids, and he's going to like it. Wouldn't it be nice just to have control, just complete control? I think so. I think, I think that's what I would like to have. But it comes down to... You know, what do we have control of? And I think that when you think about some of that stuff, our thoughts and our attitudes are definitely things that we do have control of. And when you think about being able to do anything with ourselves, some of those things are impractical. You can't drive over things. You can't, you know, make your fantasy football team win. You can't make your husband or wife do exactly what they want, but there are a few things that you can do. And that is what God gives us to be in charge of. God gives us our lives to be in charge of. We are and can be in charge of what we do with our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions. We can be in charge of those. We can do anything we want with those. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Are you limited in your ability to think about somebody who you don't like? Oh, it's a weakness of mine. I just can't. I can't stop doing that. That's the way I'm programmed. No. Are you, are you not able to laugh when something's funny? Oh, I can't do that either. We're not programmed that way. We're programmed to do those things because that's what God made us. We have control over those things. We have control over our mind. We have control over our thoughts. We have control over our actions based on those things. I would love to have complete control of my abilities as well. Like, you know, play lead guitar for a sweet band somewhere, you know, and they make it look so easy, and I'm like, I don't even know how they make that sound. Come out of that guitar. I would love to have that, but we don't. We can't always have those abilities, but we can do with what God gave us as far as the thoughts, as far as our actions, and what we do with our brains. We can have some action there. 
I think we can all agree with that, that's for sure. You know what, there's days though, when I'm thinking about just this idea of, since we're in church, you know, we gotta talk about Jesus and Christ and stuff. We gotta think about, I, I think about this, you know, what would I give to make sure? I'd give anything to make sure God and me are like this right now. I'd give anything to make sure that I know that I'm on my way to heaven right now. I'd give anything to know that tomorrow I'm not going to have to worry because I know God's taking care of me. What would we give to feel spiritually alive again? What would we give to know without a doubt that God and me are playing on the same team? There are days that feel like that. Have you ever felt like you've been in the quicksand with Christ? It's like you just crawl out and like your legs are half stuck and you're trying to step out and you fall right back in and it starts sinking back up. You're just like, give me some solid ground, God. Give me something. Give me somewhere I can just stand where I know without a doubt that everything's okay, that it's going to be all right because I'm here in your arms. Let me know this. I know I felt that. I felt that. Oftentimes it's caused because of what we are in charge of, our thoughts. It's caused because of our actions, that we keep falling back into that quicksand. I know that, and I'm going to talk about why that is, why it is that we kind of feel that way, and what it is that we can do maybe to get out of that muck, that, that feeling of just, God, I just, I just want to stand on something solid, and I just want to know without a doubt that you are mine. I'm yours and you are mine. I want to know that without a doubt, 24-7. I just want some solid ground to stand on. So we're going to talk a little bit about getting out of the mundane, the mundane parts of spirituality, the mundane parts of life and in Christ and try to make it something better. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Weaknesses, you all know what you have is a weakness. I know my weaknesses. He doesn't, we don't have somebody who doesn't understand that. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet did not sin. Let us then approach, verse uh, 16 of Hebrews 4, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of our need. Makes sense. I get this. Let's, let's read it from a different version. This is the kind I like to. It's from the message version. It says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest, with ready access to God, let this not slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He has been through the weakness and testing. He's experienced it all. All but the sin, that is. So let us walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. I like it. God wants to give it. He wants to give you what you want in him. That confidence that complete control, that knowing everything you do is going to be correct, it's going to be right, it's going to be God-centered, it's going to be, without a doubt, serving and pleasing our God. He wants to give that to you. So, we're going to try to find out a couple different ways of trying to make that happen in our lives today. We're going to watch a little bit of a clip here this morning of uh, uh, a movie that just sort of came out, and I'll make a few points from it, and I'll be on our way. Antarctica, an inhospitable wasteland. 
even here on the Earth's frozen bottom, we find life. And not just any life. Penguins. Joyous, frolicking, waddling, cute and cuddly life. Look at them, tumbling onto their chubby bonbons. Who could take these frisky little snow clowns seriously? Does anyone even know where we're marching to? Who cares? I question nothing. Me too. Me too. Well, fine. We'll just fly to the front of the line and see for ourselves. Kwoski, Rika, engage aerial surveillance. Skipper, we appear to be flightless. Oh, well, what's the point of these? I like it. Hey, this could be our thing. What are we gonna call it? Let's call it the uh, high one. What? Hey, anybody see that? That's an egg. You know, we lose a few eggs every year. It's just nature. You know what? I reject nature. Who's with me? ever return from there alive. Relax, Kowalski. There's a bird down there now. Look, he's fine. Oh. Leopard seals. Nature's snakes. Aren't snakes nature's snakes? Ash and I now live on the flippin' frozen tundra. They're going for the egg! Give me a way down there, ASAP! All one would have to do is collect 300 feet of kelp. Dry it up. Tiny and helpless, the baby penguins are frozen with fear. They know if they fall from this cliff, they will surely die. Gunther, give them a shove. Harnessing the jellyfish we've trained to obey simple voice connection. That's more like it! That ain't a family. I don't know what is. What's our trajectory? 
We could recognize that those boys were on an adventure for sure. But at the beginning of that, we're talking about anything. We're talking about what you would give to make sure God is part of your life no matter what. And what would you give to make it, you know, what, what's, what's anything that you would give to make this possible? And if you think about what it is that those penguins are doing at the beginning, all of them were just walking in a line. Have you ever felt like Christianity is that way? Oh, it has to be straight. It has to be straight. Don't get out of line. It has to be straight. You can't deviate anyway. If you do, you're going to look down upon. You're going to have to, you know, find your way back, and maybe God will lead you back to the line. <laughs> I felt that way many times in Christian life. It's like, man, why isn't there like another line I can get in? Why isn't there like an express pass to the front? You know, why did? Why is it that it always seems like it's just mundane? It always seems like every day is the same. Every day is the same. Just, just the way it is. We don't question anything. We just walk in the line. Remember them saying that? How many of us have found yourself there? You just don't know where you're going. Just going along with traffic. Have you ever gotten stuck in traffic and just had to go where the traffic's going and end up who knows where, not probably where you're hoping? We hear, spiritually we hear this in Matthew chapter 7. Verse 13, it says, We enter or enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So we hear this, it's a narrow gate. It's a small, small, small little thing we have to get through. So we better stick in the same line, because we're not all going to fit through that small little gate. We can only fit one at a time. Is that what we're really talking about here? Is that the gate, really? We have to stay straight together so we can't, we, we don't, you know, crash into each other when we're trying to get into this gate. I'm not sure if that's what it's talking about. I do understand that the only way to get to heaven is through the salvation of the blood of the Christ, through baptism. I understand that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we can deviate from that whatsoever. Plan of salvation, that's what it is. It's written in the Bible and that's what, that's the plan. After that though, I think there's more than just one line. I think our choice is to allow God be in our thoughts, be in our thinking, direct our hearts and our minds, come in a variety of different ways. There isn't just one literal, only path to get spiritual confidence. If you look before that verse in chapter 7 of Matthew, you'll see in chapter 7, it says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Is that referring to the same door? Everybody has the same door we have to go through? We have to knock on the same one? Everybody has to knock on the same door. I don't think so. Seek and you shall find. We all have to find the same thing. Well, we're finding God. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But is it all the same way? Is it all the same direction, the same line? Yes, we are talking about only one door. That is through Christ. To eternal life, there is only one door. There is one door in life to get us there through Christ. But we as individuals need to start knocking on some other doors, as many doors as we possibly can, to be able to find the right one. 
Not all doors are the same that leads to spiritual fulfillment. Not all doors are the same that help me as an individual become Christ-like in my thoughts, my actions. Everything I do, there isn't just one door that does that for every person. Christ, yes, he encompasses all that, but we all have to choose our own door. I would give anything to do something different, out of the ordinary, extraordinary for Christ. Have you ever felt that? I just don't want to sit here. feels like there's something more than what I've, what I've been doing here. Our church is great. I'm not saying it's the church's fault at all. There's nothing wrong with God's church and the way it's designed. I think there's a problem with the way Christians have felt they are designed. We feel, in my books, that we are not allowed to deviate from exactly the way sometimes our church, sometimes others tell us to do. We're not truly listening to who it is that's in charge. Adam and Eve is a good example of this. Think back in the garden. Adam's doing the right thing. Hanging out with his wife. All of a sudden, the wife goes and picks an apple, brings it to Adam. Adam, what's he supposed to do? As a good husband, there's a variety of things you can do. One of those things you should not do is say, I don't like your cooking, Eve. So he ate part of her cooking, if you want to look at it that way. He didn't question what was going on. He probably knew it was like, not a good idea. This doesn't look so good. But he ate it anyways. I know there might be a variety of other reasons why Adam maybe did that to please his wife. But the problem being, Adam forgot who was in charge. He chose to allow somebody else's thinking to make his thinking think that is right. And it wasn't right. As a Christian, you have your own thoughts. You have your own brain. You have your own actions that you can take. What happens is sometimes we start to think that our thoughts and our actions and our, our behaviors have to align so much with what somebody, as in another person, does. That we try to prove our spirituality through their approval. We try to prove our spirituality through their approval like Adam did. Adam tried to prove everything's okay because he ate the apple. Okay, you just give it to me, that's fine. He forgot who's in charge. Sometimes we look to others way too much for their approval rather than looking to the guy who's in the charge. Is he approving of me and my action? Is he approving of my ability at this? Is he approving of who I'm seeking or how I'm seeking to fulfill my spiritual life? Is he in approval of that? I think we forget to ask that question. We just think, oh, that person's got it going on for Christ. I guess I should just follow them. I know there's often times we might feel that we're unsure of what God expects us to do. So we just follow the examples of others who seemingly have it going on for Christ. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do because we do have some good examples for sure. However, truly to understand God's complete leading, we need to abandon the approval of others. Adam, you can't be liking Eve right now. You cannot just say, I'll do it, I'll do it. You don't need her approval. You need God's approval. We need to be thinking about that a little bit. Um, the next kind of little thing we're going to talk about is the part where the egg rolls by, and that's in the, in the movie there. And, and then one penguin says, oh, we lose eggs every year. That's just part of nature. 
Did the little penguins like that? It made them mad, didn't it? They're like, what are, you, what, what are you talking about? That's not just part of nature. That's an egg. That's a life. That's something that we need to help take care of. And I think sometimes that happens to us spiritually. Oh, that's just the way spiritual, spiritual life works. That's just the way it is. Just deal with it. I'm not sure you should feel that way. Let me give you some examples about what I'm thinking there. I know for me, it would really be nice to have um, programs that I could program into my body. Oftentimes, a sleeping program would be really nice. Have you guys ever wanted to have a button you could push to put yourself asleep? Have you ever slept with a snore? Anything to fall asleep. In between a breath, please let me fall asleep. Oh, man, I didn't fall asleep quick enough. Up all night, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not... You know, saying snores are that, you know, bad people. I'm just saying they're bad sleepers. That's all. I would love to have a program you could push the button and say sleep. Of course, you would never wake up because you wouldn't know how to push the button because you'd be asleep. But programs, if I could program some things in my life, wouldn't it be kind of nice? A sleep program might be one of those. I'll tell you what, though. One of those programs that would be really nice is, I mean, as simple as, it's, as, simple as it sounds, is a Jesus program. How many times have you gone to some place and it's like all of a sudden you're wondering, am I really doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I really being a Christian right now? Should I have been doing something else? Should Christ, would Christ have loved me to do something else right now? In my job, as I'm driving, with my kids right now, with my neighbors, I just notice something that they're doing. Should I go over there? You, you have all these thoughts like, what, would, what, what, what should I do as a Christian for Christ right now? If I had had a Jesus button, push a Jesus button, it would tell you, exactly what to do. Wouldn't that be nice? I wouldn't have to worry if I did the right thing. I wouldn't have to worry if it would fit as a, you know, if I could consider it a love does or if I could consider it a conversation. It would just happen. I would love to have that because I start to think, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Should I talk to that person? Should I not? Should I do this? Should I not? Well, having a Christ-like program installed would be really kind of cool. I think most of us do have that. Some of us need to maybe upgrade it a little bit, and that's maybe what we're here for today. But I agree that it would be really fun to have one of those things. But I tell you what, that program only goes so far. I mean, it's obviously can't happen as much as we would like it to, to have an automatic Christ button be pushed. But think about it like this. I'm trying to ask us to think about, you know, um, as, as this reality check of Christianity shows up, like, that's just the way it is. It's just what we have to do spiritually. I'm not sure if it really is that way. And here's what I'm, I'm still getting there. If you were stuck on an abandoned island and you found a Bible, you had no clue about anything previously in spirituality, you found this Bible, how might your life be different spiritually if you just had that to look through? That's all you had. I mean, you obviously had food for the next few days. But you have... This Bible, how might it be different? How might your spiritual life be if there wasn't everybody around you? If there wasn't this big long line of spiritual leaders going by you? If there wasn't this big, you know, or this, this super narrow gate that you can only see at the end? How might it be different? I think my life might be a little bit different spiritually. I'm not sure if I would have to allow people to affect me as much. Because my spirituality would be based on what? 
what I see in others, what they do, how they reacted. No, my spirituality would be based on strictly what I read and how God blessed me from that. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't look at others because others are a great example, like I've said that before. But other, only, I mean, if you, if you hang out with somebody, you're only going to get as good as they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're not going to get better. As a teacher, I oftentimes think, I'm giving these kids a background for what they're going to be using in life. Pretty soon they're going to be smarter than me because they're going on, which is a good thing. You know, there's times that I'm not all that smart. I think it's wonderful to see these kids turn out to be something even better than what a teacher is as a, at a fifth grade level. I love it. How oftentimes, spiritually, do you wish you could be better? I do too. And I don't know, I, I sometimes wonder if, if I'm getting held, what, what's holding me back? What's holding me back from getting spiritually better? And oftentimes I think it's the people we hang out with. We allow them to just hold us to where we strictly are. We're in that line. And I'm not saying that line's wrong. I'm not saying those penguins in the line aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But I'm just saying there might be some times that we have to step out of that line and do something a little bit different to make us react, us push that spiritual button, us do something different to make God show up in a different way. <coughs> Being around others can push you to become better or limit God's expectations in you. Be reminded that later in the uh, chapter, in Matthew chapter 7, um, it talks about what we as a spiritual person are supposed to be known as. And it says, watch out, oh, verse 15, Matthew seven fifteen. it says, watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. All right, we got it. We got this. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. I don't want to just say them. I want to say me. Thus, by my fruit, I will be recognized. How am I being recognized spiritually? By my fruits. What are my fruits spiritually? Um, an apple? Good guess. Try a pear. I don't know. That's obviously not what God's talking about here. He's not saying a, a legit piece of fruit. All right? He's talking about how are you showing your, pers your personality through Christ, your thoughts, your actions through Christ, that it's allowed something to happen that's really good. How have you bear good fruit? And that is where you need to start to look. That is the answer to our question. You need to get out of the line. You need to listen to God and not just listen to what other people are telling us to do because sometimes that's not the fruit that we need to produce. That's their fruit. They are on that path. Let them produce their fruit. You choose your path. Make your own fruit. Bloom where you're planted. That's where I want you to do. Bloom where you're planted. The rest of that movie clip kind of helped us to recognize that these four penguins are going to be going on an adventure. Did you guys kind of catch that? Yes, they meet a lot of cool characters, and my kids can tell you how they uh, goes about. I, I try not to watch those just because they take forever and waste my time. But my kids sure talk to me about them a lot. There's a character called Dave in that, and Owen's always saying, Dave! And then he's, there's, there's these cheesy dibbles that are like cheese puffs that he always talks about. 
Cheesy devils. It's good stuff. Anyways, they go on this adventure. What caused them to go on that adventure? Well, we kind of talked about it already. They got out of line. They did something different. They looked out after what they thought was their best interest. It might not have been the greatest, nicest way of going. It was kind of scary at times, for sure. They helped hatch a new friend who got caught up into their passion. Did you guys see that happen? Embryonic sack in my mouth. Yeah, they, they hatched this kid. Guess what? If they wouldn't have got out of line, they would have lost that poor little guy. Agreed? Spiritually, when are you going to get out of line to go find something to save? When are you going to go help hatch something? If you just stay in that line, sure, you'll nurture who's behind you. You'll nurture who's ahead of you. You'll have fun. Yay, church. Yay, me. Yay, God. Where are we going? I don't know. I don't ask questions. I don't think that's what God wants. He wants you to bear your own fruit. He wants you to bloom where you're planted. Sometimes that planted is not in that line. It is somewhere else. It's on an adventure. Somewhere else. You get drawn away to go look at something else, and all of a sudden the lines pass you by. What am I going to do? I can't get back to my line. I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. That's why you have that God button. That's why you have that spiritual button that you can push and say, God, direct me. God, guide me. Show me how to create fruit for myself that glorifies you. Bloom where you're planted. Get excited about life because of what you have in Christ. I can get excited about life when I know something cool is coming. I can get really excited when hunting season's coming. I can get really excited when I get to go to a game or something or when school's about to get out or Christmas is coming. I can get really excited about that. I don't want to be excited because Christ is in me more than anything. That's all I want. What an awesome day we would have when that happens. In Philippians chapter 2, we're about done, guys. Philippians chapter 2 says, verse 13, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to fulfill his good purpose. Work out your own salvation. Don't let other people work it out for you. Work out by yourself. You got this. Because it's God who works in you to will and to act. It's God who works in you. It's not others. It's not what you see in others. It's God who works within you. Please understand that. The message says, the same two verses, 13, or 12 and 13 of Philippians 2, it says, what I'm getting at is, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've been doing from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in response of obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. What's he saying? Don't just do what Paul did. Don't just sit here and do exactly what I told you to do. Go do something more. Get out of line. Go do something else. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Oh, what will give God most pleasure? Me staying in that straight and narrow? Or me deviating and going and making my own path? Creating my own fruit? Experiencing God in my own adventure? What's going to bring him more pleasure? You know what's going to bring him more pleasure. You acting individually on your relationship and your walk with Christ. That's what's going to make him more happy. 
It's not about you sitting and reading 20 minutes per night and praying 20 minutes per night. It's not about that. It's not about rules and regulations. It's not about Sunday morning, Sunday night, going to class. It's not about Wednesday nights. It's, it's not about rules and regulations. It's about your relationship with God, your walk with Him. And you establishing, what is that in me? What does that look like in me? Live out your passions through our Lord and Savior. God gave them to you. Live them out. We've been talking a lot about this, seeming in the last couple of weeks, about how, with Love Does and the chapters we've been reading, how every week seems like an adventure for this guy to go on. I want that for each of us. Obviously, some of those would, would never take place in my life, and I can, you can probably recognize that they would never take place in that sense in your life either. But I would know that we have things and places and things that we can do that would cause an adventure to take place so that we could write a chapter of that book where God has allowed us to see who we really are outside of these walls, outside of my house walls, outside of my job, outside of me. Let God show. Let God lead. Want it through your sports, through your arts, through your job, through your, the outdoors, your loves. Let God lead through those things. They're not wrong. God gave you those passions. They're not wrong. So when you suit up for your next adventure, let us push the Christ button and see what happens. Does that make sense to y'all? Seems like when we get out, we get so scared. Maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe, maybe. Push the button. Let God live through it. It's okay. If you fail, guess what? His grace is enough. We'll still be here. I bet you could find another line to fit back into. Understood? I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. I want you to seek it. I want you to seek God's leading. So what would you give right now to be on solid ground with Christ, knowing that wherever I will, wherever I go, wherever I've been, wherever I'm going to go, wherever I have my thoughts, my actions, wherever I lead my life, I know God's in the middle of it. What would you give? I would give anything to allow that to happen. I would give anything to know that God is on my side and he loves me. He's looking out for me. He wants me to be where I am. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want to know that God wants me where I am. I don't always just want to have to worry about, well, so-and-so thinks I shouldn't be doing that. So-and-so thinks I should have a better job. So-and-so thinks that I'm not spiritually alive and well. Well, they might have a point. You might need to listen to them. All right? But listen to yourself. You know what God is. You know where God is. You know how God is supposed to affect and how God is supposed to live in you. Let that be your guiding light. Show up for God. Let's make it happen. What would you give? What is your anything? Is really the last question I'm going to ask. What anything would you give to make sure God is the man of your life? Thank you for listening today. That's what we have to talk about and hope you are able to get some sense of understood understanding of what is, what's going on. And uh, I know we got a lot going on today um, with classes and introductions to 
different things we could be involved in with the church. And uh, um, I want those to be a priority for you as well. Those are good things. And uh, are those, do we have the times for those anywhere? No? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you didn't get invited to some of those and you know you're in them, just show up. If you didn't get the card or you lost the card and you want to be part of those. Um, is there a, a, oh, I'm sorry, bulletin. There we go. Yeah, look in your bulletin. That would be perfect. Tells you the times and whatever. Yeah. All right. So keep that in mind. And uh, with, with that, uh, it's, it's, it'll be some good stuff going on just to hear what's going on and help each other and help ourselves in that way. All right. Um, kids' classes will get going here in a minute. And uh, as your last week with your teachers, kids, be nice. Is that right, Rhonda? So if you want to get one last jab in at them, you know it's your last time. You can be mean and they won't see you again, so it's all good. <laughs> I will track you down. I know your family. That's, that's me as a teacher. Go ahead, be mean. I got you. I know where you live. And then uh, as adults, we're going to get into some small groups. And uh, there's some questions right up here. Uh, yeah, questions here that you can grab like we usually do. And uh, make, make, make that happen with our uh, small groups. And again, try to get your small groups to be groups of fours, fives. If you get into bigger, it just doesn't work as well. People don't talk as well, and it's, it's harder to understand what other people are thinking if it gets too big. So it's okay to get smaller groups. Even three is fine. So keep that in mind as you're, as you're moving. Okay? Anything else that I need to mention? All right, let's pray, and then uh, we will cruise the classes. All right, God, thank you for the day that you've given us. I, I pray that... Even in, even in myself, God, that we'll understand um, what your will is in my life and that I won't be <coughs> drugged down through what looks like a, a line that we have to be a part of or, or something. That, um, but you will allow us to live out, uh, my, allow me to live out my passion and know that you're part of it. And uh, with the rest of everybody, the same thing, that your passion will be um, so, so livid in us that living in us that we will be able to show it no matter where we are what uh, what path we chose to be in um, help us to look for things to look for ways to, to bear fruit in you and uh, to make things happen that way be with the rest of our day today and uh, be with um, all the good stuff that's going on just my prayer amen